0: Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm
1: Stuart Marlantis.
0: And this is PhotoLog. Hello, podcast listeners. Today we're talking about culling, or rather the process of going through all of your images and picking the best ones kind of. How we do it, how we go about it, getting into a little bit nitty-gritty. Uh, this is going to be a little more tutorialized, probably, than the uh, conversations we've been having. But, yeah, that's kind of what we're going into today. Um, we did do an episode on Do You Delete Your Photos, where we, like, kind of touched... That was our first episode, right? Uh, Very first episode. got be close, Yeah. Yeah. Actually, don't go watch it. We were probably real bad back then. And, but, but we kind of like touched on it of like, these are the kinds of things that I do delete versus don't delete. But, um, I thought this would be a more interesting topic to dive into because a couple years back, um, I was interviewing other photographers to see, kind of what uh, issues they had with their editing workflow. Cause I wanted to put together like a workflow guide that was like, here's how to save yourself time and sanity and get your life back. Um, and I noticed that most photographers get bogged down in the editing. And when I saw them editing, like I just sat back and let them do their thing and just kind of took notes. And I saw that they were really bad and inefficient and basically had no consistent process from job to job. Um, and so yeah i think this is a topic well worth talking about and even though i'm mostly talking photos uh, you do way more video work than i do so i'm sure you, I, you still have to go th- through footage and choose what to keep and choose what to delete and stuff so
1: well the the pro tip for culling is if everything you shoot is immaculate and the final product then you don't have to cull
0: anything yeah right true <laughs> So, so that is, that is actually an interesting, uh, we'll, we'll start with that. Um, because there are definitely things where I need to open up a Lightroom catalog, like a Mm -hmm. wedding. And there are definitely things where I go, nope, that's the photo. Mm -hmm. I only need one photo. And then, so I go into bridge and I open up that one photo and that's it. I don't need anything else from that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it takes me a while to get that one photo, but once I get that one photo, like we're, we're solid
1: yeah unfortunately real life doesn't work like that on un- too often and generally you have tons of either hundreds or thousands of photos and dozens of hours of video you have to comb <laughs> through to try to make something good out of it uh yeah and it can get kind of tricky so so um,
0: so just just so we don't have to like overgeneralize everything mm-hmm. um i th- i think it'd be good to pick uh and kind of talk in terms of a single um style of photography but whether you are shooting landscape or nature or weddings or portraits i think all of these things are still applicable um just if so we don't say the good photo and the photo that is less good with a detriment you know So because I'm a portrait photographer, I'm basically going to just take a sample, like family portrait session mm-hmm. and kind of use that as my example. But this totally works for whatever. Um, and then uh, what, what since you're going to talk a little bit more about video, like what kind of video project is kind of like a standard thing that's pretty easy to walk people through?
1: Oh, uh, boy. Um, the... no video is
0: standard that's the issue (laughs) yeah that's
1: the problem is no video is standard i would say the most standard construction of a video that i do often for like corporate or like commercial work is you're talking about some thing or event and it's it's usually one person who is both on camera and also the narrator and then you've got b-roll on top of them so you shoot them as a talking head you use part of that footage, but then you overlay their voiceover um, with B-roll related to the subject. I'm not really sure what that would be called. Let's let's um, just use yeah. Let's but, just
0: use an example of like a yeah. product explainer video. Yeah,
1: like a product explainer video. Because because one.
0: I think that has all the components that mm-hmm. um, can can then go out into any kind of video, whether you're doing a music video or a corporate or a wedding video f- for that matter. Definitely, so. definitely. Yeah,
1: so product explainer video is is what we'll go with for this, but (laughs) widely applicable.
0: Yeah, so so I'll go ahead and dive in and kind of give it a start on my process. Uh, Feel free to ask questions along the way um, as we as we go. So I shoot all my photos. The very first thing I do is uh, plug them in, make sure everything gets backed up, up, backup, backup, backup. Backups are super important. Always have a backup. Oh yeah
1: yeah a lot of people just lost data on their western digital
0: uh my book lives and they're probably really upset right now so yeah back up <laughs> Actually, uh now that I think about it, uh we will put the link to uh my Backblaze link, which I believe gets you like a free month or something tacked yes. onto your account. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, uh not that we are sponsored by them, just we both use Backblaze. So uh you get a free thing and I get a free thing if yep. you sign up with that link. So that's down in the description. But yeah, so I back up all my photos, I get them all transferred. Um as I talked about before, like if I am shooting a pinup, I generally don't, you know, do use the, uh, Lightroom catalog because I know for my pinup calendar, there's only one finished photo, by the way, pinup calendars now on Kickstarter, galactic Uh, if you're listening to this, when the Kickstarter is over, that page will redirect to a sales page when they're available. But, um, yeah. So, so when I'm shooting something that is, uh, a lot quicker or smaller or more editorial like you said if everything you shot was amazing and you don't have to cull then it's like okay so i shoot and then i just kind of hit a point where i go yeah that's the photo that's the one we're using in the calendar and there might be a few others that i edit for like behind the scenes or social media but like that's the one we're going for i don't need a whole culling process in lightroom catalog for that we're done but for, let's just say family portrait. Um, so I'll, I'll get the Lightroom catalog set up, uh, hopefully the day that I shoot it, um, because Lightroom is weird and it takes a long time to render all of your previews. So then I like go to sleep or get dinner or something else. And so it starts with just like, let the software churn. That is, that is step number one, you know? For sure. Um, so, but once you actually get into the culling process, um the very first thing I do is immediately uh click on all of my rejects. If the flash didn't fire and that photo is not usable, it's a reject. If it's a photo on my shoes, it's a reject. <laughs> if if they are just insanely blurry, like it's a if they're a little bit blurry, it won't be a reject at this stage. But if it's like, wow, you definitely shot on like the space needle behind them and not them. It's, yeah. If you it's don't a have reject,
1: to, if you, if you like at a glance can see that yeah. it's blurry, then it's
0: reject. Yeah, If it's, if it's like focus on their ears rather than their eyes, depending if it's an up close photo reject, if it's a far away photo, The landscape might save it so it's just kind of like a quick super quick so i just go through and immediately just kind of pick all my rejects um and then when i'm when i'm done i generally wait until the end stage but when i'm done what i'll do is i'll filter just show my rejects and delete them i know we talked about do you delete photos of like yes my rejects are rejects for a reason i don't need to store them anymore um so so that's that's the uh f- kind of first pass that I do just to get rid of the fluff so um it, I I used to read Scott Kelby's books, and I know one of the things that he did in one of his books was here is a tear sheet, uh, like um, here's a tear sheet of uh, a portrait session, so you can see that I don't get it on the first take, like I do in the courses of like it takes a while. But then what he said in the like little intro explainer is like actually it's an edited tear sheet. It is a tear sheet, but I got rid of all of the times where someone blinked and the f- flash didn't fire and like the camera didn't focus. So like. It's a thing. It happens to everyone on every level. Um, yeah. So, so from there, we've got uh, you've you've gotten rid of all your rejects. Um, everything else is kind of basic level. Um, the next thing that needs to happen is you need to label your photos, and you need to decide for you what those labels mean. So, for everyone, this will be a little bit different. But for me personally, a level uh, a one star photo has a meaning. A two star photo has a meaning three and four and five. Those all have meanings. So, um, a, a two star photo, a photo must be two stars for me to show it to a client. That's Mm -hmm. my, that's my level. So then what I'll do is now that I've actually like just straight up gotten rid of the trash. Um, I very quickly at a glance and actually I kind of do this while I'm so past number one, I'm doing this and getting rid of the trash. If a photo is okay, it gets a star. If a photo is just bad, it gets no star, but it doesn't get deleted unless it's like like a mistake. If it's a bad photo but like eh then I just leave it. If there's a bunch in a row that I don't feel like looking at, they just all get a star. I'll come back and pick between them later type thing. So then I just kind of go through really quickly. So past number one, I'm getting all of my one stars, my zero stars, my rejects. My rejects get deleted, and my zero stars are just there for posterity, or if I decide that, like, oh, I missed something, and I need to go back and find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I'll do is I will... Uh, change all of those one stars into two star photos and do a second pass through. And this time what I'm doing is I am pulling out, uh, and actually choosing like the best photo with a more critical eye. So that first pass for a 300 picture portrait session might take me three to five minutes. This is not a long process for a wedding. That first pass might take me 30 minutes. Like I'm, I'm, super quickly just kind of going through and deleting all these um pass number two is just like is it a good photo if there are four photos of a close-up of the person's face and they're just chin and stuff is slightly variated um if it's one worth showing the client I, it stays two stars otherwise it goes one star and disappears from my view because i have the filter set Um, so I will show clients multiple angles and kind of let them choose unless there's one angle where like, Oh, they have a double chin in that one. They objectively do not look as good from a photographer's eye as they do here. Part of it is you don't know what they think about themselves, but the other part of it is you're the professional and you need to know what's best for your client. So, um, yeah, pass number two is kind of going through with a more critical eye, um, And uh, the things that I'm looking for are like, is it flattering? Is the lighting good? Is the posing good? And kind of all of the things. Um, But I don't go through these all one by one. Uh, I will use the loop grid view in Lightroom to um, show them all on screen at the same time. And so when you're showing them all on screen at the same time, you can quickly see your set of six or eight photos and say, uh, those three are the best ones, get rid of the other ones. And now when you show your clients, your clients are only seeing those top three of the six you originally took. Um, And then of those three, they'll say, oh, I actually like that one. So sometimes if I look at the set and I go, these are still too many photos, then I will do another pass through. But if I look at the set and I go, no, there's there's enough variation here, there aren't too many duplicates of anything, then that's it. That's the full calling process. Um, so I really only go up to z- zero, uh, zero stars, never get seen, but don't get deleted. One stars are kind of my placeholders for the first pass of culling. Two stars are ones that I'm willing to show a client unless, um, I decide that's just too many photos for whatever the shoot is, uh, for a wedding. I'm looking for 800 to a thousand for a portrait session. It might be 40. It might be a hundred. But like, if I go into a portrait session, and I have 200 photos. I'm like. There's too many here. I need to keep going <laughs> like too many duplicates. Um, and that's it. That's basically just looking at all of the photos in chunks and groups, because if you go one by one and compare, well, is it photo a better than photo B? I don't know. Photo a photo B. I'm like, why are you looking at those? The best one is photo H like you need to see them all next to each other so you can very quickly go oh that whole set is not as good as this whole set and they're too identical to show both um yeah that was that was a that was a long thing um that's the process (laughs) that's the process uh my my star ratings for four and five stars Uh, very slightly depending on what the job is but that basically means that the client has selected it or ordered it or printed it in some fashion Mm. so um a family portrait shoot has a slightly different thing than a wedding shoot um but yeah if uh, client client selects that are actually ordering and buying things are going to be three four and five stars three stars are all of my small prints like eight by tens um Four and five stars are more specific, Um, but then I also have a notepad file of like, hey, for this job, all the four stars are going to be their 16 by 20s and all of their five stars are um, like album cover type thing or whatever it is. So those those have attributed meaning, um, so that way I can very quickly actually look. Because I think a lot of photographers just kind of look and go, oh yeah, I mean like, I think that's a 5 star image, it might be a 4 star image. I'm not sure if it's quite as good as this other one, so maybe it's a 4 star. I'm like, no. It needs to have a meaning, otherwise it's just some random arbitrary scale. So... All right. yeah that's 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 how i cull and and work my way through so i can do a portrait session in like an hour or two and i can do a wedding in like a day not including the album
1: all right culling in a nutshell yeah yeah <laughs> makes sense um my process is probably going to sound uh, a lot less precise and less detailed than that but i will do my best to follow it up for video um So uh, as you stated, uh, kind of every video is different, but following this uh, rough product explainer kind of video idea, um, a lot of the culling actually uh, is much easier if you are organized throughout the whole process. Um, So with with a talking head, um, culling is incredibly easy if they already know what they're going to say ahead of time and there's a script and... I mean, heck, maybe they're even using a teleprompter. Um, that makes things very simple. Um, that is what uh, the the clapper is for. <laughs> that's what those boards are for. Sometimes you see there's stuff that's written on them. Well, um, that is to help editors, basically. One, to give them a sync point for audio. Um, but even if not, uh, it gives them a place where they can see visually on the screen what shot it is. Um and potentially how it's organized uh, in the timeline of shots for the final product. Um, so I would definitely encourage something like that, if you have that kind of structure in place ahead of time, is is use, um, use something like that. Even if it's low budget, you're holding up a piece of paper, or um, maybe you're even just saying, you know, like, oh, this is the end of a shot, or... Um, this is the beginning of another. And you're just like covering the camera with your hand to give you a visual indication of where different points are. Um, I would also take copious notes during the shooting day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might see something where you're like, that was a great sound bite. Like, I want that. Maybe that's going to be like an, uh, an intro or maybe that's going to be, you know, uh, an end clip or this is really good or this is really bad. You know, throw this out. We, we decided not to go with this shot. Um, you can get rid of this right away. Um, make, make notes roughly um in the timeline as you're as you're shooting things and 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 give yourself as much of a hand ahead of time as you possibly can because once you're in the editing bay so to speak and you're editing uh it's going you're going to forget all that stuff and you're going to be like what was this like when did we do this thing when did they say that i remember they said something really good but i can't remember where in this hour a video yeah. that it was that's just a hassle to
0: watch all the way
1: through and try to figure that if out you, so
0: if you don't take really good notes i know from experience mm-hmm. if you don't take really good you notes what it. happens is you now have to watch all of it again mm-hmm. and you have to relive all of that shooting time and you don't have to do that
1: yep yep definitely help yourself out um embarrassingly i've done this before where i haven't taken notes so i have to watch the whole thing through and because i've shot it i kind of vaguely know what's going on so my brain wanders and sometimes i look at another thing on another monitor and then i totally miss the thing that i was trying to listen for and i have to listen to it back again uh yeah it's just a huge waste of time so that happens um, with me
0: when i'm editing the podcast and the dog barks and i have to go edit out like the the yap 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 and i'm like i think i know what we were talking about when that happened yep
1: exactly um so help yourself out and and, and make notes and try to give yourself visual cues. Um, whatever whatever you can do to make it easier on yourself is better. Uh, sometimes if there's just total failures... Um, then you can delete you you can delete that stuff in camera if you're just like that didn't work we are reshooting this immediately um, you can get rid of that stuff like as much as you can to cut down the watching the watching through your footage takes so long and the more that you can cut that out the the easier and faster it is um, so you might want to actually delete stuff on site uh, again be careful that you're only deleting stuff that's you yeah. know that is what you actually want to delete but um, you should consider that as well uh, just to just to reduce the amount of data you have to deal with. Uh, Once you're in, once everything's shot and you're in the editing bay, um, generally, so if I'm shooting something like this, where it's a talking head and then um, B-roll later, um, sometimes I'll have the B-roll ahead of time. Sometimes I won't. Uh, If I have time that I can go through one stage or the other ahead of time before shooting the rest, I will certainly take advantage of that. Like if you've got the talking head ahead of time and you can start building um or refining a shot list of okay here are the things that we have already even if you shot some of the b-roll already you're like oh this is stuff that i want to fill in um and here's try the to things edit. you mentioned or yeah. here's
0: an awkward transition exactly. that you need a B roll piece of coverage to that you fit need over. to hide yeah
1: yeah try to try to basically i would say like try to edit your video together as soon as you possibly can with whatever footage you have available that's shot at the time because the closer you are to a finished product the the more precise you can get with shots that you're filling it in. Um, and then you can waste less time by just going, you know, if you're going to go shoot a product and you want somebody using it, you want it, you know, you want different shots. You want it like, let's say it's uh, like a, like a household product. You want different shots of it in a house. You want those kind of, you know, in-environment uh, pieces. The more that you know you want to show ahead of time, the less uh duplicate or unnecessary shots that you're getting. So the storyboard
0: versus the shotgun.
1: Exactly. Edit edit early and often so you're storyboarding more. Um and hopefully, right, in a perfect world you've got an existing storyboard and you know exactly what you want to shoot. But sometimes even if you have one, you you get into editing and you're like, this doesn't really work. Like this looks weird or this feels strange or the pacing of this is Or off. on set you
0: have an idea. Or yeah. on set
1: you have an idea and things change. And that's great. That's part of what's what's cool about the process but yeah that um uh as close as you can get to a storyboard as possible as as soon as possible is great um and then it's unfortunately down to the very boring answer of you need to watch it through and pick out the best stuff like if all else fails um and your organization fails and you don't have a great uh you don't have a great uh storyboard so to speak even if that's a storyboard that's built as part of the process you just have to watch it through and um it's better to focus and watch it through once and use your tools use your tools in premiere to mark ins and outs of clips you know you learn your keyboard shortcuts so that you you can just watch through Mm -hmm. walk through and just tap a key tap another key tap a key to split it out like you ju- learn those things that will save so much time than manually clicking it. Um, it'll be much faster. You can watch it through in basically a single shot and get all of the, the shots that you want out of it that are good. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I would say is like for culling, you, especially in video, learn your keyboard short shortcuts. Now, um, it is going to pay off potentially literally hours and hours of time very quickly if you do so. Um, so yeah, watch it through, use keyboard shortcuts. um, edit early and often don't wait until you have what you think is all of the footage before you edit edit immediately after you have Mm -hmm. something Uh, even if that's just to cut out good clips and they're not in a timeline they're not in in an organizational form yet but they're just thrown out and you know those are good clips and you can start uh, forming the product Um, so as soon as you have something remotely viable to throw Um, up there and to watch and to start editing i would do that that will really accelerate things Um, but yeah ultimately every video is different and things change Um, but those are the things that i would do Uh, early and often organization in all forms and early and often editing is the best way to go about it it pays dividends later Uh, the worst thing in the world is to is to think that you have everything you need and to cut it together and you're missing something or something's wrong or you know something isn't paced right and then you have to go out and go to the huge expense and time um will expense both in money and time rather uh to add more stuff to it so try to avoid that i mean if that at all never
0: happens in hollywood yeah ever. never reshoots never, are never a thing.
1: <laughs> but yeah that's a good point though um you know reshoots do happen it is unfortunate when they happen it takes a lot of time but even hollywood has to do it sometimes it seems like an increasing amount of time maybe we're just hearing about it more uh these days but um if I, I you happen try to avoid it though
0: <laughs> i think what's happening more in hollywood is there is there it, rather than a director having a vision they're trying to tailor it a lot more towards like well this didn't test well so let's change it yeah so i, th- I think i think that kind of modem in hollywood is is slightly adding more to the reshoot
1: yeah. Testing is killing Hollywood. Like believe in your vision director and or writer. Like why do you have to find some random people that don't know anything and don't have a good idea of your vision and decide that they have. Although not every original
0: happens? is good. There's well, that that's
1: too. that's true. I'm just saying <laughs> like stand up for your creative vision. It's okay.
0: <laughs> hey, but uh, I, I do have a question for you. So mm-hmm. when I'm working with photos uh let's assume a reshoot is not possible like you do a wedding you're not Mm -hmm. getting a reshoot right um you you have time with an executive you don't get that time back you uh, spend four hours setting up a bunch of warhammer minis we're not doing that again Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so so you you have the shot that you have Mm -hmm. now um when you're doing a product there's not as much like emotion or something to it uh so so more like people right yeah but uh it in the order of importance of like if you have one photo where like the emotion in the moment or like someone's smile is there but it's like slightly imperfect i'm like oh i'm definitely taking this one over the other one versus if there are two that are both kind of eh, and one is technically better i just throw out the other one and i show the one that's technically better um so there are Uh, like I'm always going for like, what's the one that's technically the best? What's the one that's like the sharpest and the nicest or like has the best lighting or something if they're those kind of things. But then there's always that Trump card of this one has more emotion or, or just kind of a, a a visceral resonance to it that is worth um, that, that overcomes Mm -hmm. the technical flaws in the photo. Oh, Um, for sure. Is is there anything in video where like, uh, yeah, this one might have a bad sound thing. Yeah. This one might've been slightly out of focus. Yeah. Those are, there's, you know, this or that. Um, what are, what are the things in video that are deal breakers for you of? Nope. It doesn't matter how good it is. That part's wrong. I don't do it versus, Oh, if this is so good, it can it I can look past those other technical limitations because that happens to me more than I'd like to admit.
1: <laughs> yeah um, I would say, yeah, the answer to that is is yes, there's that is definitely a factor. Um, I I would say bad audio is rarely acceptable. like I will only if something's slightly out of focus or not technically framed perfectly and and it's a little screwy. I'm okay with that for the most part. Um, you know, ideally everything's perfect, but bad audio is nigh unwatchable in in almost every instance. I will only use bad audio if I would call it like moderately bad. Truly bad audio is a deal breaker. Like if you can't really understand what's going on, um, if the audio is l- like painful to listen to, perhaps literally, um, that's a deal breaker no matter how pretty it looks and how nice everything turned out. Um, I'll take... a a less technically perfect shot uh if uh you know if, if at all possible um but what i look for is probably similar stuff to photo like genuine emotion is is killer for video projects um you know, people, uh, people being excited and engaged, and you know, magnetic, right? Like you, you know, people that are that are interesting to listen to, interesting to watch, um, or have a great stories, or have great sound bites, like stuff that really reaches out and grabs you. And and unfortunately, some of that stuff is hard to for me to just say like this is the thing you should watch for because it's one of those you know when you see it situations like mm-hmm. I, I know that's good, like I know that's emotionally impactful, or often genuine humor if if um if you find that and you're like this is funny um that this is something that i want to include this joke maybe it's at the end maybe it's uh almost like a, a blooper at the end of the a video like a, a irreverent kind of thing to leave the audience with on a like a positive note um i'll look for that kind of stuff but uh but yeah r- real genuine emotions of all forms is like the the top of the list even if there are technical issues um Failing that, if it looks and sounds good, even if it's not as emotionally impactful, cool. Um, I'll take sound good over look good. Um, So, yeah, emotions, sound good, look okay, look great, sound okay, and then throw away anything that sounds bad and is therefore unwatchable, even if it looks amazing, is how I structure that stuff. So, But, yeah, emotions is the whole thing.
0: I, I will say, as long as it's not an A clip, if it's a B clip, you're like, okay, just throw away the just audio. Just throw away the
1: audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for, for B-roll, uh, unless sound is part of the experience of the product or the thing you're trying to explain, with B-roll, who cares? Throw the sound away. Yep. Like, B-roll is all visual, like, all technical perfection. Um, But yeah, as far as, as, far as A-roll of a person speaking, it's all about emotion. B-roll is essentially all technical perfection um and uh yeah just follow down those four things and throw away anything with horrible audio and especially throw away things that look bad and sound bad because what's the point (laughs) (laughs) that's true uh yeah so that's how i call it basically um do yourself a favor and organize often and stay on top of it and take notes um it seems like more in the moment and it seems like an extra hassle that you don't want to deal with but Oh, boy, it will save, I mean, no kidding, hours and hours and yeah. hours of editing time, like for real, potentially even dozens of hours on like a big project.
0: One thing you can do with photo that you can't do with video is I can look at 10, 10, 20 photos all at the same time and in an instant go. Yeah, it's number 17. That's the mm-hmm. one we're going with where versus you have to watch 20 clips.
1: Yeah, and you can watch it fast-forwarded, you know, at a, at a faster clip. I, I will do that sometimes for B-roll, where I don't care about the audio anyway. So, like, yeah, watch it accelerated. Although sometimes it's hard to tell, right? Because focus can shift pretty quickly. Yeah. And so often you are forced to watch it at its original speed to get an exact and idea of And while you edit, you're watching looks.
0: it multiple times. Too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, by the time you finish a video uh, edit, like, you've watched that video 50 times like i said yeah it's it's like infinite re-watching um, but brain, you try yeah. to reduce it as much as possible so uh yeah that's how i go about calling a video it's kind of a messy nice. process but videos are messy
0: yes they are yeah so I, I think kind of the most most important takeaways here uh too long didn't listen <laughs> most important takeaways for video are take notes do yourself a favor so when you get to the calling, you kind of already know where the good stuff is mm-hmm. uh, if you're the one shooting it Um, and if you're not the one shooting it, make sure the one who is shooting it, uh, takes notes or charge them more either way. (laughs) Um, and if you're doing photos, uh, really it's, it's batch cull. Don't, don't go photo by photo and judge a photo on its own merits. Judge a photo compared to all of the photos next to it. If you're not looking at, you know, eight to 10 photos on a screen at a time and judging them that way, it's just going to take you 10 times longer because now you're doing it like with video and looking at it one at a time and going, is this any good? Well, I don't know. May- look at it. You know, those eight. Oh, number six. It's that one. So. Uh, oh, yeah. And your labels. Make sure your labels mean something. So they're not mm-hmm. just like completely arbitrary. I think that's the other. other yes. big one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your Your labels need a level of organization as well um
0: if you're just randomly scribbling on uh scribbling other down otherwise you'll come back similar. and be like cool these are blue what does blue mean why yeah. did i make them blue <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> that's for you to find out many many hours later
0: unfortunately <laughs> so so that's our episode this week uh we we are trying to uh do some more of this tutorialized content uh we do hope that you did enjoy it be sure to like subscribe tell your friends all of that jazz and we will see you or hear you no you're not talking you can hear us we'll see your comments next time If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo op.show.
1: Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at nom creative.
0: As in om nom nom.
1: Share this with a friend, and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold.
0: Or download it. Because it's free.